0: Hey, it's the SWP Podcast. Thanks for being with us. It's presented by All Insurance Ontario, Jim K. Ford and Pico Pizza. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. For years, Jim K. has supplied the Ottawa area with Ford work trucks of all sizes to get the job done right. Whether you're in towing, landscaping or moving, whether you're big or small – Jim K. has solutions, from the small delivery vans right up to the powerful F750 and everything in between. If you can't find what you're looking for, let the Jim K. team know, and they can likely get it for you at a price that fits your budget. Jim K. Ford, Uville Drive in Orleans, or JimKFord.com. Do you find shopping around for insurance a time-consuming hassle? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me take it from there. You'll be surprised at how easy it can be. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Pico is trending big time. They're famous for their thin crust Neapolitan style pizza and they're finally here in Ottawa. I love it. Pico is so delicious, so fast, made right in front of you. You can create your own Pico masterpiece or choose from one of their incredible chef-inspired pizza or salad variations. Pico, a totally fresh, delicious, healthy, innovative take on pizza. Order online or drop in at 236 Richmond Road or 170 Metcalf. Hey everyone, welcome to the SWP. It's a daily podcast about sports and whatever. I'm Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. Coming up today, we'll get into our favorite sports documentaries, the art of the deal in sports, how salary disclosure changed everything in the NHL, and why was the Masters. Such a TV ratings disaster this year. All still ahead. Let's say hello to our good pal, James Jerome. Jimmy, how are things? I got nothing.
1: Okay. I got nothing. I got I got nothing. I just want to go back to bed.
0: I understand completely. Yeah, you yeah. know what I was doing in the last few minutes? I was just uh, just kind of hanging out, looking at sports documentaries. And the one oh. I was looking at, I was watching the Buffalo Sabres. They got kind of a neat thing going. Um, a series that's reminiscent of the HBO hard knocks thing they call it it's on their their YouTube account the Buffalo Sabres Uh, it's called embedded 2020 behind the scenes and I was watching episode two of the Taylor Hall signing and I thought it was great like if you're a hockey fan and you're curious about the art of the deal how these free agent signings go down I think you'll find it fascinating And, and you'll basically see in this video how exactly the signing of Hall to the Sabres came to be and uh And all the other things that were going on with free agency, of course, Taylor Hall was the big fish, so they had other things to to deal with. But it was all focused on Taylor Hall. And Kevin Adams is the brand new rookie GM in Buffalo, so he's working around the clock with the scouts and things. And you get all the phone conversations back and forth with Taylor Hall's agent and Kevin Adams. And honestly, I felt so inside. I felt like I was almost intruding. I was like, as the viewer, I was like, "Geez, guys, I." I'm not sure I should be here. Do you want me to go or, uh, so it was really good. And, uh, then on the other side, they waited. Okay. Is he going to call back and why a one year deal? Exactly. This is Taylor Hall. We're talking about a former MVP. Why at this stage in his career is he signing a one year contract. So Taylor Hall and his agent, they call back wondering about that. And, uh, the Sabres signed him to that exclusively because, because of the world we're in right now, because of COVID and the uncertainty moving forward financially in the business so that's the only reason they did it and taylor hall for some reason signed off on it but it was uh, i thought really well done and interesting well you know what i'm i'm always looking for i'm a big
1: tv watcher you know netflix crave uh prime and all that stuff and uh, so you know i'm the go-to for the series um so i'm but reality shows i like so you've given me an option now I can I can get off Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, I, can, I can start to watch something a little better. Uh, the Michael Jordan one was really good. I don't know if you watched
0: that, speaking of sports documentaries. I got to it late, and I felt like I'd missed it because the whole world was talking about it at a time when there was no sports during COVID. And I felt everybody's watching, everybody's watching it. And by the time I got around to, okay, maybe I'll watch that now, I felt like, eh. So kind of done now. Everybody's talked that thing to death. I feel like I've already seen it. Yeah. No,
1: it's good. It, it's oh, good
0: absolutely. Thing. I heard that too. Yeah, it's it's really good.
1: Yeah, I like the do- I like the uh I like the docs. I remember. I just texted um, it
0: to you by the way. I sent you a link to the actual YouTube channel.
1: Okay, I'll watch that. Um you know, I've watched I've watched the other one. I don't know why I think of this, but you know the comedian Russell Peters? Is that his name? Yeah, Canadian comedian. That's right yeah, he's hilarious. East Indian guy, right? He's, he's, he's hilarious. Um, they did, a, but I never, I never really liked the guy, you know, I met him a couple of times and, uh, he sort of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, he goes on, to, he goes on to the list of the look by, right? That, oh, I hate you go, that. You know, the, we all know what the look by, if you don't well, reset, you don't, reset that. So the look by is, is you're talking to someone and they keep, they're just not interested in you. They keep looking by you because there's someone, <laughs> there's someone behind you. You know that. Uh, yeah. They when the conversation
0: s- started, you were as good as it got. But things have improved since then, and he wants to move on from you while you're talking to him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I used to be a bit of a look by myself, so uh, I know,
1: I know what it is. So anyway, I was I, I think I was getting the look by on Russell Peters, and then he had a doc, he had a documentary, and I thought, okay, I'll tune into this because I'd love to not like this guy. And, uh, it's solidified my, I love to not like this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's inside, it's inside. One, one of the, one of the scenes from it is him in a, in a limo. He rolls pretty big and it, he doesn't shy away from telling people how he rolls and what he does. But one of them was in a limo and it was after a show, uh, that he did. And it was, he was reading an article from a critic and the critic didn't like him and his reaction to it is, Oh my God, this guy's fierce, man. He's fierce. What he wanted to say. So uh, it almost made me uncomfortable, but well, you come yeah, the, the, uh, I, I like the docs. Yeah. I like the docs. Right. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones that I've watched. Uh, very few are bad that I've watched on Netflix. And
0: uh, there, well, I'm surprised the boys on the bus doesn't come immediately to mind. I, I can't even remember watching that. It's so long oh. ago. Um, were you in that? By the way, this is about the
1: '80s Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I was in one of the scenes, sitting around Miss's Apartment. They were all having dinner. I remember them shooting it. I think I think I ended up in there, little cameo, nice. little side profile shot or something like that. Uh, <laughs> side boob. So anyway, Stevie, the 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 really good doc, you had mentioned. Uh, you know, the Michael Jordan one is good. Dirty Money is an excellent series of of. Episodes, I think you had looked it up, where companies sort of scammed their way to the top but got busted. Yeah. Uh, some misleading advertising and such. Great series. Great series. It's one of these ones where you go, oh my god, dude. And then they get caught. And you're like, oh, oh no. Uh that's a good one. There's there's one about a, a chick named Elizabeth Holmes, um, who invented a company when she was 19 years old called called Theranos. And uh, so this thing, that I'll just read that, it promised to revolutionize blood testing. Elizabeth Holmes became the world's youngest self-made billionaire, heralded, heralded as the next Steve Jobs. And and she starts to dress like Steve <laughs> Jobs. She starts to talk like him. Um, anyway, shortly after she did it, it, it they figured out it was a scam. Hmm. And she made, like she was worth a billion At 20 years old or something, when she did this. Uh, Anyway, excellent doc. I think it's called Out for Blood
0: in Silicon Valley. If if you want to watch it. And you recommend it. Highly, highly. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, Some of the others I've seen in the last little while would be uh, Tiger King. And everybody's probably seen that by now. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The the Octopus Teacher, you put me on to. I still haven't finished it. I, I was. I probably built it up too much because you'd talked about it so much and how much you loved it. I was like, okay, this is this is re-. what I was just blown away by was just the cinematography of the thing. Like, it's just such a beautiful looking documentary. The filming right. is amazing. The guy, this isn't just a guy who's a snorkeler, <laughs> this is a guy who has decades of, uh, of video and film experience. And you, you can certainly tell. I saw McMillions in the last year, which was about the whole Monopoly. Hey, and Monopoly's on right now, I think, at McDonald's. But in the past, uh, <laughs> okay. a few people got, uh, well, they took advantage of uh, <clears throat> the system. And uh, there was a lot of uh, insider trading on that on that front. Somebody got hold of the winning tabs. The, oh, oh. And, uh, and lots of people made millions of dollars. And they were able to suss it out. And McDonald's had nothing to do with it. However, the agency that they kind of farmed out to look after the contest, um, well, there was a leak there. And the person that had the leak had all these winning tabs and he was freely distributing them to, uh, to people he knew to go out and get rich. Oh yeah. So it was quite interesting to see how that all went down, how you can have such a breach of security on something like that. Um, I want to be his friend, <laughs> give me the tab, <laughs> give me the tab. Sorry. And just
1: to back up Steve on octopus teacher, it's, it is a little slow at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But really what it is, is th- this guy was a, um, a Marine um, film guy, okay? That he did, you know, like, like the Jacques Cousteau stuff that he filmed. And then he was, so he loved the water. He grew up in the waters from South Africa. But, but the cool thing is he has this octopus that he goes back to see every day. This is real. Mm-hmm. Becomes a pet of this guy and and you, you just can't believe it it's like this octopus shows up at the same place every day in, in 5000 billion kajillion liters of
0: water and it stays there anyway it's it's cool give it a shot give it give it a little further it's neat some of the uh sports documentaries the best of all time according to esquire.com esquire magazine of course would be oj made in america it's very well regarded um Senna, the story of auto racer Ayrton Senna. Yeah, I've be seen among yep, Among their favorites. It was good? Yes, it is good. A couple of others would be Kicking and Screaming. No, not the Will Ferrell soccer movie, but it is a six-part history of English football that uh, that the BBC put together. Um, you got uh, No-No, a documentary uh, and in 1970, Doc Ellis of the Pirates says he threw a no no against the San Diego Padres while high on LSD. So. <laughs> oh, hang on.
1: Vroomt. Right to the top of the list. Right to the top of the list.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a good one. Tyson in 2008 is well regarded as well. And uh, yeah, there's lots out there for sure. But anyway, uh, we got talking about this because I was talking about this Buffalo Sabres embedded 2020. And uh, I'd certainly, if you're a hockey fan, give that a look. And I was also amazed at how involved that their owner, Terry Pagula, is. Like, he's sitting there right at the table. I know he's writing the checks and everything. He's got some stuff to say. He and his wife, Kim, right there at the table, um, talking it up, talking some hockey. And uh, Kim's chiming in, talking to Taylor Hall. And uh, I found, well, 99 times out of 100, a very engaged owner is usually – a recipe for failure. Right, right. Jerry Jones,
1: of course, comes to mind. Oh, I, yeah. You know, uh speaking of that, going inside on an agency thing, I I had Larry Kelly, great guy, Ottawa guy, agent, hockey agent. He was, you know, he's been around a long time. I Hopefully, played beer league good. hockey with him. There you go, right? He's a wonderful guy. And mm-hmm. he was, you know, Dominic Hasek, <laughs> Dominic Hasek, Dominic Hashik. <laughs> Uh, Steve Eiserman was one of his clients from Ottawa. Anyway, I got him to do one of my radio deals there at, at uh, Chum. And uh, so I was like into this thing and I, I started, it started going to my head a little bit. Okay. They were, they were back and forth. We had some good and, days for sure. And uh, yeah, I could see that happening to yeah. you. And uh, I was sitting around. I'm going, so well, what do you got, Larry? What'd they say? What'd they come back with, right? This sort of shit. Were you, well, you were in your trailer waiting for your close-up. Yeah, exactly. Larry's going, pipe down there, Scooter. Okay, just pipe down. All right? This, uh, and then, so it, it, it was fantastic. Okay, it was fantastic. And then I go, that's great, Larry. You know, that's, that's great. Thanks a lot, you know, for, for negotiating that thing. And I said, uh, in a in a bad move, right? I'm like, hey, Larry, see if we could get them to throw in a golf club membership at the hunt club, okay? <laughs> and as I'm talking to him, right, the 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 line goes, it gets disconnected, right? It goes dead, and I, I phone him back. I go, I don't know what happened there, Larry. We got we got disconnected, and he said, no, we didn't. I I hung up. <laughs> I said, well, Why? And he said, because you're a bit of a dink. <laughs> <laughs> Shut shut up with your golf course membership. Go buy your own, you know. Uh, Anyway, that was my one and
0: only experience with an agent. Uh, Yeah. So it was Yeah, and you can see how it goes to people's heads, you know. In in that Sabres documentary, I got to say, Taylor Hall didn't sound like that at all. You know, here, again, a former Hart Trophy winner, number one overall draft pick, probably had multiple teams coming after him, and he just sounded like a pretty reasonable guy. None of that. No. Uh, can you get them to throw in a a, right. you know, a, a Porsche for me or, or right. <laughs> whatever. Ah oh, my well, what, Jimmy.
1: Uh, uh, well, I was just boy. gonna
0: say that's, that's Jimmy being Jimmy there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Yeah. A little yeah, little full fist of
1: humble pie, you know, from uh, from Larry. You know, you bring up a great thing about what, what are sort of what what are or would be or were or are gonna be extraordinary negotiated contracts. And I I think of a couple of them, uh, which of course I don't know the full facts or details. The Bobby Orr story with Alan Eagleson uh, is totally interesting because I think Bobby Orr had negotiated or had the Boston Bruins
0: offering him a percentage of the team. Here's the background on that, by the way. So, Eagleson's negotiating a new deal for him in 1976. Yeah. Orr wanted to stay with the Bruins at that point, and the Bruins desperately wanted him. And, like you said, they offered him an 18.5% ownership stake in the team, which is worth millions if he'd stay. But Eagleson had what they would say uh, unethical ties with Chicago Blackhawks owner Bill Wirtz, who also wanted Orr. And Eagleson concealed Boston's offer from Orr and convinced him that Boston did not want him to stay, so or signed the deal with Chicago. Can you imagine happening that happening today? Oh my god. You mean the, you mean the deal itself? 20% of a team, roughly? No, I don't even care about that for an agent to deceive his own client like that? Yeah. Oh oh for sure. That was one of the things
1: that the guy was accused of. Uh you know you're not going good when they rip you out of the Hall of Fame. Right? Right. Right was Alan Eagleson. The other one is Alex Rodriguez when he was negotiating deals with the Yankees. I think he got a tried to get a percentage of the merchandise sales. We were talking about that in the last show or two about logos, right, with the jerseys and all that, and what what it means business wise and all that stuff. And of course, the Yankees got the, the iconic logo. But I I think he got like he was the, one of the first guys to sign for twenty plus million or something a year. Um, but it was something like that, like something where he tried to get concession sales right. and
0: merch sales or something. So anyway, you rem- you remind me of a great story on that front of an athlete and, and, concessions, um, Brad Smith, who I've become friends with over the years, uh, played beer league hockey with him, but he played for the Ottawa senators and, uh, does pregame shows and things on TSN 1200, still lives here in town, coaches, <laughs> uh, minor hockey and stuff. And, uh, great guy. And, he played for a long time, like bounced around at all levels of hockey, ended up playing it for over 20 professional teams. And Ooh. his final stop, I believe it was his final stop, was with a, a low-level minor league team where he was playing for the Denver Cutthroats. Cutthroats is some kind of fish, wow. by the way. Um, anyway, the team went belly up. And so at we that stage, I think, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing that. Um, um, so Smitty basically at this stage, he, I think he was a player coach at that point. And the owners like, like, uh, well, he still owed Brad money and the team is folding. And he goes, well, here, take all our paraphernalia. So that's what he was left with at his kind of uh, severance, all these ball caps and t-shirts. And so it was funny. So we play Thursday night hockey with Gordy Wilson. And for a few seasons, for a few summers, He would give out the player of the game award. They'd get a Denver cutthroats ball cap. So I got a couple of those laying around the house. That's great. Um, The Suspendables uh, interview that
1: we did with Larry Robinson uh, was last week's show. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made, speaking of contracts, and maybe he had a terrible agent, Steve, but his first year with the Montreal Canadiens, he made $7,500. Unreal. Okay. Okay multi-time multi-time Stanley Cup champ. He's got his name on the cup 10 times, Steve. 10. Okay. Conn Smythe, MVP, the whole yeah. the Norris Trophy winner. You, you know Larry Robinson. Um, so that was his first year contract and then and then he said then it then it skyrocketed cuz he got 15,000 in his second yeah. year. In fact, not enough money that he couldn't just keep that job. He, he got a job with the Department of Highways because <laughs> he needed more dough than what he was making as a Montreal Canadian.
0: Um, yeah. That would be the equivalent. Let's say here I'm here in Ottawa. And uh, so the, you know, the top defenseman for the Ottawa senators is Thomas Shabbat. And uh, it'd be like seeing him in the midst of his second season in the NHL, when he really you know established himself as a very good defenseman. It'd be like seeing him at uh, Broadway waiting tables. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. What? Yeah.
0: Can
1: you imagine booting down Maisonneuve Boulevard in Montreal and look over and go, is that freaking Larry Robinson there paving? What? Yeah. You know, crazy. Kevin um, Lowe. Yeah. Kevin Lowe, speaking of contracts years ago in the 80s, uh, we, there was a Saturday where we were floating down the river, the Saskatchewan River. They got a big, big party they put on the when Klondike Day's were on, which is like the exhibition, okay? And everyone gets a boat. Okay. And some of the, you build these boats and it's called the, the raft race, the sourdough raft race. And so you Mm -hmm. show up, it's a, it's a huge slobbering contest. Okay, Steve, it's just like, (laughs) just get everyone gets annihilated and we're launching water balloons and, and drinking our heads off and, and Kevin was going to come on the boat with us, but he had to go, he had a meeting with Glenn Sather, the, the general manager about his contract. And, uh, he said, uh, I'll, I'll meet you down there in the morning. And and so we hung in there, waited before we left. And he shows up, jumps on the boat, big grin on his face. Okay. And, and Vicious is his nickname. So everyone calls him Vish. And I said, hey, Scooter, what's up with your, you're all beaming here. What happened with slats? He said, Jimmy, shake hands with a millionaire. I said, oh, yes, sir. 200 grand for five years. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> to, yeah and he
1: was paid well you know 19 oh yeah
0: 1986
1: or something like that so
0: well I think about that was around the time 86 87 that's when salary disclosure came forth for the first time and Larry Robinson talked about that as well it's like nobody knew what anybody else was making so you felt like okay I guess this is all there is this is a this is a, a standard salary I guess for what I where I'm a first or second year NHL player, okay, I'll take what they're giving me. But the reality was the owners screwed the players for decades and decades. But once salary disclosure, once that was negotiated in the CBA, I don't think the owners had any idea what that would mean. Um, Maybe they had a... a, a, But it was once it was there there for all to see, now I can start shopping. I can start comparing. It's like, okay, Jimmy makes this. I want to make this. And that's why the salaries are what they are today but even in you know when when Kevin Lowe is signing that deal like you talk about like that's a hell of a deal back then right because salary disclosure had just occurred I remember looking at the when it first came out the first time we could see all the salaries in the NHL was published and Doug Wickenheiser a former number one overall draft pick back in 1980 in 1987 I think he I don't don't know maybe playing for Washington but he was making 25 grand a year like unbelievable like that recently there was an NHL guy making that kind of money that let that little like I was making more in 1987 myself in a dinky little radio station up in Renfrew Ontario than a guy who's playing in the national freaking hockey league right (laughs) Right. yeah Yeah. it reminds me of
1: one of the great stories speaking of disclosing uh you know and you're right right it changed it changed the whole fabric of of you know salaries right in professional sports certainly in the NHL uh, I, I remember, uh, you, you know, Steve, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one for the practical joke for the prank, you know, and I went on a golf trip years ago with a group of guys and the, the, the one guy heading up the golf trip handled all the expenses for it. Okay. And he said, I'll look after everything and then I'll just send you guys a bill at the end of the trip, you know? And I said, fantastic. That's great. You know? And, uh, one of the guys in the trip, right. was just one of these guys you love to prank. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I wish I would have videoed it at the, at the time for his reaction. So what happens is, so everyone gets a bill. Okay. For this trip and say it was like, uh, 2,200 bucks or something, you know, for this three or four day golf trip we went on. Right. So it's obviously split up evenly with everyone. It was 2,200. And, we we all got the bill at the same time, and we're sitting around having lunch, you know, a week after the that, that, these these bills came yeah, in, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, he's going, "Hey, uh, he's the guy who brings it up, right?" He goes, Do "You guys got your bill there from the trip?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, I did." He goes, "I thought it was a little steep, didn't you?" I said, "It's funny you bring that up." Okay. <laughs> Because uh, I agree, fourteen hundred eighty bucks is a little steep. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he he just goes like, because of course it was twenty two hundred. <laughs> oh, I, like I say, That's just, fun. and he's like, well, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, way too high. <laughs> Around eleven hundred, <1100, laughs> the guys juicing us all for three hundred extra bucks.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, you do I, like to grind a guy. Yeah, you do I dig, like to grind I a guy. Yeah. Okay, when we come back on the show, we're gonna get into uh I know that we uh we got away from golf yesterday briefly. We're gonna do a quick thing on the Masters because it was, despite all our bleating, uh talking so much in, in recent podcast episodes about the Masters, it was by far the least watched Masters since viewership what? totals were were kept. Uh, Back in the day, lowest-rated Masters since 1957 with a 3.4 rating. We'll get to that story next after these words. Man, staying in shape is extra challenging these days. Thankfully, there's Popeye Supplements Ottawa with the products and advice to help you reach your health and fitness goals. Popeye's is proud to showcase great Canadian brands like Perfect Sports at Avon, Ontario, committed to creating great-tasting products with real ingredients that get results. Find this great Canadian brand and more at Popeye Supplements Ottawa with six locations to serve you or Popeye'sOnlineOrders.com. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Girard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call, let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. For years, Jim K. has supplied the Ottawa area with Ford work trucks of all sizes to get the job done right. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or moving, whether you're big or small, Jim K. has solutions. From the small delivery vans right up to the powerful F750 and everything in between. If you can't find what you're looking for, let the Jim K. team know, and they can likely get it for you at a price that fits your budget. Jim K. Ford, Uville Drive in Orleans or JimKFord.com. If you're buying or selling your home in the Ottawa area, I recommend the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped us in a big way, set the right price for our home, and the response from the buyers was amazing. He also set aside a budget as we got ready for sale to help out with painting, cleaning, staging, and lighting. Our home sold in less than a week for well over asking price. Got a ton of offers on it. You should connect with Glenn today at glenwalton.com. So, James, Sunday's final round of the Masters averaged 5.5 million viewers. That's a 3.4 rating, so it's the lowest-rated Masters since 1957 and the least-watched Masters since viewership totals were kept beginning in 1995. So, there are a, a couple of fairly obvious reasons, though. Well, first of all, how can it be a lower rating...
1: A lower television rating than 1957? There weren't even televisions.
0: <laughs> yes, there were. What the hell? That's The rating's based on percentages, right? So if your total possible viewership is a piece of pie, then basically 96.6% of the audience was tuned to something else. Okay. Even though not that many North American households had televisions in them. But yeah, TV did exist in 1957. Okay, okay, I'm going to guess why. You, you've got a list of reasons there that they give for it, that it was so low? Well, I got two big ones, the two big ones, and I think that one in particular is the absolute. Um,
1: I, I guess time of year. I don't know, November or something. But um, COVID, I would think everyone's staying home to watch it. Maybe that it was on at 7.30 in the morning, Might, might the final round. For me. No. For me, I, I had to get up so. at seven thirty to watch it. And it's usually in the afternoon. Nine thirty AM was, was the final grouping on Sunday because CBS is into football and they got a football game at four o'clock. So uh that that would I mean, who's watching golf? Who's getting out of bed? certainly in the West, to at seven thirty. That that would be why I would think it'd be the lowest rating. Yes? No? hmm
0: no, it wasn't but you know what, you make a make a decent point there. That could be part of the mix as well. But you brought up in the explanation of that the biggest reason of all, and that's the runaway popularity of the National Football League. It's the first time they've had to go up against the NFL, because it's just in the NFL does not usually play in the month of April.
1: Of course, of course, of course.
0: Yes. And the other one was that, and this was this is all theorizing, right? Because nobody puts descriptions on their nielsen ballad or whatever the hell they call it these days Mm -hmm. and that dustin johnson had the thing pretty much locked away in the back nine the back nine was described less of a uh of a battle and more of a dustin johnson parade home Mm. Nah, i i you were right like i said you are you you were so into it because you know dustin johnson you're friends with dustin johnson so you were more into it than most people myself i'm watching that thing and i never got a sense in the back nine anyway like he got he, he leaked a little oil near the end of the front nine but i found the once he got it, he sort of reaffirmed his lead and i just i felt like i didn't i didn't feel like dustin johnson was gonna blow that oh in any okay way, shape or form yeah and i, I listen uh objectively it, it's not because i like dustin i just
1: four or five shots back nine sunday at augusta you know is where it all comes down i it's, it, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that that would be a reason that people, okay, he's got a five-shot lead. Not, nothing bad can happen out here in nine holes. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I
0: can't, but yeah. Inter- yeah, yeah. It's, anyway. It's that- amazing. how It tells you how big the NFL is, obviously. Not not that we need another reason. We all know the NFL is, you know, at least in North America anyway, it is by far the most popular league to watch. But, uh, you know, we're talking run-of-the-mill Mid season 1 p.m. kickoffs, right? There's you know, some good games in there and everything, but uh, yeah, basically, a lot of would be masters viewers were lost to the gridiron,
1: right? Uh, you know, the other thing, Steve, that was interesting. Um, it, during the masters this year, they didn't allow golfers to use greens reading books, like you'll see where they all flip open their books. All the caddy has a book, and the golfer has one. So sure. That greens reading book is really accurate. So what it is, is a, you know, is a, is a graph or, you know, a graphic of the green that they have. And then they go, you know, the caddies are out there all week rolling balls because they know where the pins are. So for example, here's, you know, the pin is at this location. It's there's, there's an X that's marked on the green. So they know that's the, the Friday location, for example. And what they'll do is roll golf balls towards that X from all sides, okay? And then they mark how it breaks. Okay. So mm-hmm. they got the huge advantage, huge advantage from uh you or I, for example, <laughs> who are out there. So there, there's not a there's not a lot left to chance when they're reading putts. They've got this book, right. they look out, the guy goes, I'm telling you, I did this, I rolled it
0: five times. This ball breaks left, although it looks like, okay. So they've got that going. And it's not really an advantage, right? It's an advantage on schlep rocks like you and me, but like literally every golfer's caddy is doing that. That's so right. It's, it's, just, it's just an expected practice now and it's not really an advantage as a result because everybody does it
1: well it would be a it would you would think okay what i meant to say mean 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 to say steve okay <laughs> <laughs> i went like the guy on taxi who was the guy you i was thinking the The Hutang long bang, yeah, long bang golf, that's what they need and smorgasbord um but look at it this way so i've got a greens book steve but you don't okay and we're competing at a pro golf mm-hmm. tournament you're going to freak, right? You're going to say, I don't think so. They don't allow it, Steve, at the Masters this year. No greens books, okay? Everyone shoots 15 under, 20 under, right? I didn't know that. I didn't know they didn't have books. Yeah, they weren't allowed. And and so the old, old-timers from the PGA, Arnie Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, all these other guys, Gary Player, they've been pissed that they're using these books and have always said they shouldn't allow them. And and so everyone thought, well, this would be crazy, you know. They put it, they put it better, okay. Uh, so, just just go, goes to show because it takes a lot of time, right? They're whipping through these things. It's really boring viewing, you know, to see these guys walking back and forth and looking at these books. So, anyway,
0: uh, we needed to call it a day, my friend. Any final thoughts as we go?
1: Oh, fuck, I don't know.
0: But, um, I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going flat on my final thoughts, Stevie. Yeah, that's all right. That's yeah, all right. I don't know. I'm watching The Crown right now, got to say. Very solid. Season four introduces Princess Di into the fray. They found some actress. I don't know her name. Yeah. I should know. it. If I'm going to bring it up on a podcast, I should probably look up her name. But I didn't. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going final thoughts in, in, in your stead. And uh, she was terrific. They found someone who looked very much like Princess Di. And I find myself absolutely, I was never a big royal family guy to start with. Right. right? Why I'd be watching The Crown, I don't know, but my wife likes it, so I sit down and watch it with her. I've never really appreciated the royal family. Now I flat out don't like the royal family.
1: (laughs) They're all a bunch of jerks.
0: Anyway, it's still good. It's good TV. Plus
1: plus I never believed, you know, speaking of that, Steve, I, Downton Abbey I loved, by the way, too. That, oh, yeah. That, Downton Abbey was great. And I watched the crown before they started changing the actors there. They had a big fight. Uh in in they, they got a little egomaniacal. The the who should get paid more money as an actor or an actress uh, after that. So uh but I watched the first year or two where it was the original actors. Um you know what I don't, you know, the royal family, Steve. You see them on television, right? And they're walking around. They're doing stuff. And, uh, you know, I look up one day. I'm going, Prince Prince Harry isn't there. Or, uh, no, what are the two sons? What are the two boys? D-, William Dies? and Harry. William and Harry. Yeah, I'm going, Prince Harry isn't a helicopter pilot. Come on. He's just wearing the uniform there. Going, well, <laughs> I think they just make stuff up, Steve, about how accomplished the kids are.
0: Yeah. And, then when are they, and when are they going to come clean on who Harry's dad really is? That was true. Yeah. Speaking of in- documentaries, Steve, wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the more I watch the crown, if it is in fact true and it went down that way, there would be nobody surprised now. If, if again, if that was all true, I don't know if it is or not. It could be Hollywood taking liberties. Um, if that went down like that, nobody would be surprised if, uh, if princess Di decided to, uh, Seek comfort in the arms of another. Well, look at, uh, so he's a ginger,
1: right? The son? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is Harry or William? William, right? Harry. Oh, Harry's the youngest of the two. That's right. So he's a ginger, as everyone knows. Look at Princess Di uh, when she was hanging out with an equestrian
0: guy. Yeah, James Hewitt, red-haired guy.
1: Look at him and and look at the prince.
0: They're going to go, oh, come on. Come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I- identical.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that. Yeah. And now I think it more now that I've watched uh, season four of The Crown. And by the way, Jillian Anderson, who plays Margaret Thatcher, like she, sh- uh, she should win every Emmy award there is. Really? Okay. Oh, get- yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark it, book it, book it. Anyway, with yeah. that, we shall take our leave. James, go watch some television. You're, you're
1: going to be in trouble, Steve. You know, after we, or maybe I will be, saying, you know, Ginger, look at the guy. Look at the guy who was on the polo team. I was hanging out with him. I expect a call from BBC this hey. afternoon. To get, to talk about Why? Because I'm breaking a story here, Steve. Oh, right, yes. Or rehashing an old one that everyone's just let yeah. settle
0: for a while. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'll, anyway, say you, I'll say I got all the facts from you.
0: Call Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Blame him, man. I, I, let me just, uh, everything I said there uh, about the royal family and stuff, let me just finish it off here. Allegedly. There you go. And now we're done. I'm, I'm safe, right? I think.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: <laughs> we'll see you.